I say things often like, we're all in process. Why? Because we're all in process. And what that, that's an invitation to everyone to not have to be perfect. And you know what's amazing? The only perfect person is Jesus. And the only people who are perfect are those who the perfect Savior has perfected. But our experience of that perfection is growing every single day. Like we are being transformed. No one is perfect but there's a pull to try to do all things as accurately as possible. That can include your work, your family life, and even how you share the gospel message. Today, Pastor Daniel will encourage you to let go of that stress. All you need to do is tell people about the only perfect person who ever lived, Jesus. He did the hard work long ago when he hung on a cross. Now, you just get to introduce him to others. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 20 as he continues his message, The Form of Evangelism. People talk about Jesus all the time. My favorite thing, oh, my favorite thing is when someone uses Jesus' name as an expletive. That's my favorite. Something I'm like, oh, you know, JC, and I'll be like, you're calling on the right brother. So I say, because you know what it is, like, what, what, what could you do? You, you know, you could be like, well, you shouldn't use my Lord's name in vain. That's not so kind. I mean, you can take it that way, you know, or you can say, you're calling on the right guy. He hears you when you call. He knows your name. He's got all those hairs on your head now. Like, you can have fun with it, but, like, don't be scared. Because, you know, when, when someone, like, I always joke, I do not recommend using the Lord's name as an expletive. But they are calling on the right person. They're, they're frustrated. They need help. Jesus is the guy. You know what I mean? So I don't think we should be afraid of that kind of stuff. But I think what happens is, is we get this stuff all worked up. It's like, it's really real. People talk about Jesus all the time. You know, or I have fun with some friends who are like, oh, Jesus, I'm like, you give him glory. You know, like, and so you can have fun with it, but those are theological statements. Or you can say, so why would you bring up Jesus in this context? You know, like there's all, there's all these ways to do it, but don't be afraid. Like the content of the message is Jesus. And so talk about Jesus and you don't have to know every detail about it. Now, and I do want to say this because all, all the time people struggle with evangelism because like, I don't know enough. Listen, the best thing that can happen when you're talking about Jesus is somebody asks you a question that you don't know. Do you know why that's the best thing that can happen? Because first, it gives you an opportunity to talk to him about it again. Because you know what you say in that moment? That's a great question. And I don't, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. I don't know the answer. So I want to honor your question. So can we pause the discussion here? And let me think about it a little bit. And let's get coffee next week and we'll talk about it. Like you just opened up round two. And, and then you can go learn some stuff, right, that you didn't know before. And then you go back, oh, Chris, I really thought about what you're saying. I did some research and this is what I found out. And you're growing, they're growing, you opened up a second conversation. I mean, it's a win-win all around. 
And I'll be honest with you, as your brother in Christ, as, as one of your pastors, I've learned so much about the Lord by getting stumped on questions. Don't be afraid of the things you don't know because those open up doors for growth. And isn't that what God is doing in all of us? So don't be afraid of not having the answers. One of my favorite things to say is, I don't know. You guys have heard me say it a lot. I don't know the answer to this. You know? And that's not something to be scared of. Because the beauty is nobody knows every answer to everything. I mean, Einstein was one of the most brilliant physicists who ever lived. He didn't understand everything about everything. So there's mystery involved in all of this. So that's okay. Don't be scared of it. So I do want to encourage you to be theological in your evangelism. Talk about God. Talk about Jesus. Talk about what the Bible says. You know, oftentimes when I'm listening to a preacher, I'm, I'm writing down things. When I'm reading my Bible, I'm writing down things. Like, I need to remember that. Oh, that's really good. I want to be able to, to use that. I want to have that in my toolbox to be able to pull out when I need. So another way that we can do evangelism is we need to be incarnational. Now, incarnational, again, that's a, that's a big theological word. It's, it's very appropriate for Christmas time. The idea of incarnation means the, the enfleshment of Jesus. So, so the birth of Jesus, God taking on flesh, is called the incarnation. As it says in John's Gospel, chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase of the Bible, the message, says, and God moved into the neighborhood. It's kind of evocative language that he uses there, right? And when you're sharing the gospel, you need to be incarnational. You need to move into the neighborhood. And what that means is that if you are talking to somebody who is very, very intelligent, then you might want to talk about it one way. If you're talking to a child, you talk about it a different way. We want to use words and language that people can understand, so in some ways, you want to be able to speak. Like, have ever yet, some of you had this. Do you ever meet someone who's really good with, like, technical information about electronics? Do you ever meet one of those people? It's like, is that a good computer? And they're like, oh, man, that thing is amazing. It's a dual-core processor. It's 1.97 gigahertz with, you know, one terabyte of RAM. You're like, well, can it do email? Right? It's like, so the, the person who's geeking out on the facts, if you have no clue about that, that does not connect to them. You know, but if you realize that you're talking to someone who doesn't get all that stuff, you're like, oh, you wanted, you wanted to do email and, and surf the internet? Like, yeah. Maybe word processing? This thing will be great. You know what I mean? And so you need to know who you're talking to. And doing evangelism in an incarnational way, what you're saying is that you're willing to begin the discussion right where somebody else is at. Now, if you want to, for those of you who like kind of big words and, 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 uh, and scholarly stuff, I like to call this presuppositional evangelism. And the idea is it's a big word, right? Uh, the presupposition is I'm going to begin the discussion where you are, not where I am. Like, I realize I'm a pastor of a church. I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years. I've been in the pastoral ministry for 17 years. And so my starting vantage point for evangelism is in a much different spot than someone who's never been to church, does not believe in Jesus, doesn't even think that they want to know anything about Jesus. And so I can't be like, well, so listen, you know, if you want to talk about ancient papyri, we can talk about this. You know, like, they'd be like, yeah, I don't care about any of that. You know? And so you want to begin the discussion where they are. Right? It's like with my kids. The way I reason with Obadiah, who's 11, is much different than the way that I reason with Annabelle, who's three. Right? 
If I want to be a good parent, if I want my kids to get what I'm saying, I begin on the step that they're on, not with the step that I'm on. Does that make sense? And so in your sharing of the gospel, begin on the step where that person is because you are sharing with them because they're not where you are. And I think what a lot of Christians make the mistake of doing is they begin speaking where they are rather than the person that they're trying to reach is at. I also think that's a big problem in church today. Because you know what I found? I found that a lot of churches are designed for people who have been Christians for a long, long time. So it speaks a language that people don't use, they don't understand. And so they wonder, like, I don't understand why people aren't coming. Well, because you're speaking a language that you've had to have been in church for 15 years to understand. If you notice here at Crossroads, there's lots of you who've been in Christ a long time, but I'm always trying to, as Pastor Bill Ritchie would say, put the cookies on the bottom shelf. It's like, you know why you put the cookies on the bottom shelf? You actually want everyone to get the cookies. I don't do that at my house. I hide them everywhere. You know what I mean? Because I don't want my kids to get the cookies. I want to save them for myself. You know what I mean? But it's like you put the cookies on the bottom shelf when you want people to get it. And if you want people to hear about Jesus, you've got to speak in a way they understand. And for, so for those of you who have been in Christ a long time, that's some work that you have to do because you have to think like someone who doesn't think the way you think. And that's hard to do. But don't miss the fact that God chose to save us, not for being like, you got to come up and be like me and God. He's like, no, I'm going to become a human like you. So Jesus models this style of ministry that says, like, the tax collectors and sinners love Jesus, and he was never a sinner. But he was able to interact with them. He didn't sin like they did, but he interacted with them in a way that they could identify with. And I think what happens is sometimes as Christians, we can be in church so long that we no longer can interact with people who are not Christians in a way that they can relate to us. Now, I'm not saying we should become like them and do the rebellion against God that they're involved in, that we used to be involved in to reach them. That is not what I'm saying. But we need to be able to interact in a way that somebody can hear. And I think that takes some work to do. So one of the things that I always do in evangelism is I do a lot of question asking. Which you might say, really? I say, evangelism, I'm supposed to tell them. No, no, I ask questions. Why? Because if I'm going to speak to them in a way that they can understand, I want to know what they believe. So also, you know, when the convict, oh, you know, it's like, but what, what do you think? What are your spiritual beliefs? I'll, you know, I even, I even know the language. Well, I want to get the conversation going. I, oh, you know, so I think, you know, I think I believe in reincarnation. Oh, really? Like, like when you say reincarnation, what do you mean? Now, I know what reincarnation means, but everybody has different ideas about what these. So, so I want to I understand all the way it is. And I'm trying to understand so I, I can begin the discussion at a place where they would understand it. So, but that's my way of saying, I want to be able to have a discussion that will connect with you. And I think what happens a lot of times is in the name of evangelism, we begin the discussion where we are and not where somebody else is. And so it never lands. It ne- like, there's not even a, there's not a bridge built to have the discussion. And so I think we need to be incarnational. Another thing we need to be is we need to be conversational. And I kind of alluded to that. The idea of doing evangelism as a monologue, I'm here to tell you that's an epic failure of the church. It's a conversation. You want to have a back and forth. You don't want to be the person that you love Jesus and Jesus is real and you speak over everybody. Because does anybody feel love when they're being shouted over? 
Does anyone feel like the joy of the Lord when they're being shouted over? Does anyone feel God's peace? Does it show gentleness, patience, self-control? It doesn't show any of those things. So when a Christian in the name of evangelism is shouting over somebody, not giving someone room to speak, it actually completely undercuts the gospel. So you want it to be a back and forth. Now, again, it's like when you're in a conversational style, then there's a give and a take. There's a push and a pull, and that's an okay thing. And what I've always learned is that if you're a good person in a conversation, people will enjoy talking to you. It doesn't matter what it's about. You could talk about politics or economics or sports. If you're a fun person to talk to, if you listen and respond, if there's a give and take, you can talk about anything. People will enjoy it. But nobody enjoy. How many, how many of you enjoy being in a conversation with someone who just talks and talks and talks and talks and doesn't give you any room to say anything? Does anybody enjoy that? Like, does three of you introverts are like, I love that. I love it when I don't have to say anything. All the rest of the people, you actually want to have a part to play in it. And so if, if that comes naturally to us that we want to have a part to play in the conversation, in your evangelism, you want it to be conversational. You want there to be a push and pull, a discussion. I think also in our evangelism, we want to be compassionately relational. Now, here's the thing. I say we want to be compassionately relational because oftentimes we don't actually ever share the gospel because we start getting into people's hurts and their hangups and their struggles, and we actually never really talk about Jesus. And what I want to tell you is that God is compassionately relational with us. God realized that we're broken. God realizes that we struggle, and God doesn't blow us out of the water on day one, right? It's like if you think about the way God has worked in your life, there's a time for God to work on different things. Like for those of you who've been in Christ for longer than just the last week, right? There are things that God is dealing with you now that he didn't deal with you on a, a year ago or six months ago or a decade ago. Why? Because it wasn't time for those things. God was working on other things. He was working on those things. And then a con- time comes to work on this next thing and this next thing. And so listen, everyone who we share the gospel with, everybody is broken. And God wants to make everybody whole. But we got to make sure that we are compassionate with them because everyone's hurting. And everyone's got wounds. One of the things that I find is that in doing evangelism, I spend the most time trying to build bridges where other Christians have went scorched earth on somebody over something. I'm like, I need, to, I need to build a bridge to have a discussion because somebody in the name of Jesus blew this thing up and there's no avenue to have a discussion. And it's almost always about somebody's own personal struggles. And what I've found is that Jesus has a great way of saying, I know you have all those struggles and I love you still. And if you follow me, we'll work on them as we go. That's what Jesus has done in my life. Is that what he's done in your life? Sure, there's certain things when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, those things just leave, right? Certain things are just, they're healed, but a lot of things are just, they're a journey. And that God's working on them as we go. And so in the name of sharing the gospel, we don't want to go scorched earth on someone where God's not, God doesn't even want to deal with that yet. There's 10 other things that God wants to deal with so that when he goes to deal with that thing, it's like God's good at prioritizing transformation. There's certain things that you don't even touch. It's like right now, like, so my kids, right, they're in fifth grade and third grade and not even in school yet. Like, I'm not worrying about if they can do 
algebra, right? Why? Because in order to do algebra, they need to learn addition, subtraction. I mean, I still don't even know how to do algebra. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's all these things you have to learn so that you can acquire that. And it's true spiritually. Like, we grow in a progressive way. And so oftentimes, God is working on something here, and if we're not careful, we don't realize that this thing that they're doing is actually, that is just a symptom of a heart problem that unless these other things even get addressed, that doesn't even matter right now. But a lot of times, we aren't relational and we're not compassionate, which blows people out of the water. That's why I say things often like, we're all in process. Why? Because we're all in the process. And what that, that's an invitation to everyone to not have to be perfect. And you know what's amazing? The only perfect person is Jesus. And the only people who are perfect are those who the perfect Savior has perfected. But our experience of that perfection is growing every single day. Like we are being transformed. But I don't make this thing like, well, if you don't put your faith in trust in Jesus, I'm never going to talk to you again. It's about a relationship. Are you willing to build a compassionate relationship? Now, another important one, I think your evangelism needs to be vocational. Now, this is a fun word. The idea of vocation is like what you do for work. But what I would say is God wants to leverage the things that you enjoy as a means for the gospel to get out. As long as the things that you enjoy are not acts of radical rebellion against God. And I do need to say that because there's certain things that we enjoy that are just flat out wrong. And we shouldn't be doing that in Jesus' name ever. But like if you love playing ultimate Frisbee, right, then you should play ultimate Frisbee for the glory of God. And the other people who you see who play ultimate Frisbee, you have a great opportunity because you play with them, your buds, your friends, and then the gospel runs forth. Right? And so God loves to leverage our gifts and talents. And if we were to poll everybody here... Everybody has different things that they dig. You know, like, who's like, man, there's nothing that I love more than going to the exact same restaurant every single day. Some of you are just like, man, I'm Monday, I'm here, and Tuesday, I'm here, and Wednesday, I'm here, you know? But God uses that because you know what happens? There's a whole bunch of other people who are just like you, right? There's like, like you, you are on a rhythm of where you eat, you know, like Mondays, you know, Mondays is man burgers and Tuesday is Thai food and, and Wednesday is Wendy's, you know what I mean? Like, and there's other people who they are on that rhythm and guess what? You see them there all the time and what do you do? You start talking to them. You leverage those things. Some of you love sports. Some of you, you're like, man, I don't want to do anything with sports at all. Some of you, like, you go to the library. But what's amazing is, is that God has given us all unique passions and talents. Why? So that there's a witness for him in all those different places. So it's about the idea of being vocationally inclined to evangelism. Really what it speaks about is realizing that the passions and jobs that God has given us are there for a reason. And just say, Lord, will you leverage this thing? I told you about my love of music. There's nothing more fun than at a set break of a gig seeing someone give their life to Jesus in a bar. I got to see a lot of that, though. And it was amazing. when, As things progressed in my life and I became a pastor, there was nothing more fun than seeing someone from the church out late night and then not expecting to see their pastor there. Super fun. They'd be like, Pastor Daniel, what are you doing here? 
I'm playing in the band. What are you doing? Well, you know, like popping mints in their mouth and stuff. I know it's funny. It's like, I wouldn't even say anything. Like, you know, I shouldn't be hammered the way that I am. And I'm like, you don't think so? And they're like, no. You know? I'm like, I'll see you at church tomorrow. I'm like, I look forward to it. You know? I didn't have to say anything. I just sit there and smiled. You know what I mean? But... I love playing music, and it created a great, like, people who I'd never meet in another environment. You meet them there. See, and with your jobs, you are on full support missionary at your job. They pay you to be there. Now, you should do your job really well. But you should be Jesus' ambassador as you do your job. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't pay you there to, like, to only share the gospel with them. When you do your job well, but in, all, in your relationships, you're building friendships. And, and that's a great thing. Don't divorce your faith from your vocation. What I always tell people is oftentimes you don't need a new job. You need a new you at your job. You need to be intentional about why you're at, at your job. Because God has you there because you have a skill set and God has you a context of people. And so we want to be vocational. Every moment is an option and an, and an opportunity for evangelism. In our subsequent message, I'm going to give you specific strategies and tactics. So I'm, I'm giving you kind of some conversational ideas about it. And I'm going to give you like, you can do it this way, this way, this way, this way. But I'm going to say that one to the end because we're practical people and you all wanted that in the first place. But this is what I'll say. I think evangelism also has to be what I would call confrontational or prophetical, which I don't think that's a word either. But, but there is an aspect of the work of evangelism that you are speaking against certain things. And I wanted to save that to the end because I talked about being conversational and I talked about being compassionately relational and all these things. And so, you know, what I would say is that evangelism is really nuanced in a lot of ways. And so part of our belief, Jesus confronts the idols in our hearts and lives. He does that, doesn't he? And if you think about your journey of faith, along the way, there has been loving and kind people who called you on your stuff. Hasn't there been? But notice, it's never a judgmental Christian who calls you on your stuff who you listen to. It's always somebody who's in your life, who cares about you, who's bared with you through all sorts of stuff. And even though you don't like that they're calling you on it, you're grateful that they did, right? Isn't that how it goes? I can give you infinite stories of people in my life who have called me on my stuff. Jesus is Pastor Daniel gave you a lot of practical tips on sharing your faith in Jesus today. He reminded you to keep it simple and to meet people on their level. He also reminded you to look for the opportunities in your everyday activities. Your job, your hobby, or your routine trip to the grocery store could become a mission field. No matter where or when you talk about Jesus, remember that it's the Holy Spirit who will change lives. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. 
Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will wrap up his series on evangelism. As you've been listening, you've heard about why it's important and what you need to say. Join Pastor Daniel next time to get some practical tips for how you can share the gospel message. You can be effective in sharing your faith, and there's one thing you need to always remember. You're not alone. Jesus is with you every step of the way. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called The Gift. Until then, may God bless.